0: Shabbat shalom, everyone, and welcome to our congregation, everybody who's here, and those who are online in China, in Australia, or in South Korea, or wherever you are, uh, welcome to our congregation. See, our congregation is, the walls are gone, because we've moved the walls, and we can spread out throughout the world, so. I just think that's so awesome that we can do that. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to speak words in front of you. Um, to me, this is kind of my devotional, because I'm speaking to you, but I'm just speaking to you something that God has been showing me the entire time. So I'm not, whenever I, have, whenever I get an opportunity to teach, I try to teach out of something that I know. When I say I know it, it's something I've been working at, I'm walking at. Not that I know it, because nobody just knows it all. If you think you know it all, that's a whole other issue. Uh, but something that I've been working at, and I've tried to perfect as much as I can. So, um, The topic today is a divine appointment with the king. And we are in the season of having our appointments with the king. And the king of kings is the Lord. And we have an appointment. Honestly, we have an appointment every week with the king. We have an appointment every week, which is the greatest appointment, which is Shabbat, which is here. So this one, we don't want to ever take this appointment for granted. But we also have another appointment that's coming up. We have Rosh Hashanah, which is coming right around the corner. Then we have Yom Kippur, and then we have Sukkot, which is right around the corner. And these are divine appointments, which is so amazing to me. Because I didn't grow up with this. This is so new to me. I say so new. We've been learning our Jewish roots about maybe... I bet seven years, and I bet I'm wrong, but I'm just guessing. It's probably more than that. It's just my estimate. But we've been learning for a while now, but it's still so fresh to me. When I learn something, that it, it just puts all the pieces of the puzzle together. And when I, get the, when I get a chance to look at and listen to a lot of the rabbis, some of the rabbis that are orthodox, when you listen to them, they're so close to being messianic. They're going to just step over, many of them, because there are a lot of messianic rabbis. If, I know you, we have messianic rabbis here. But there are a lot of orthodox rabbis. I'm believing that they're going to receive the Messiah. I'm believing that they're going to just say, you know what, I see this. And there were some, I've read stories about many, who knew the Messiah. They knew the Messiah was Yeshua, but they didn't want to come out because what it would do to their congregations. It would tear it apart. So they would rather just keep silent And kind of secretly know who the Messiah is. So if I'm talking to you out there, Rabbi, come out, come on over and accept Yeshua as the Messiah. And just hang out with us, okay? And learn and just put all those pieces of the puzzle together. It's a beautiful thing. It just makes the scripture come alive. It just puts it together to me. So let's pray. We didn't even pray. I just started talking. Father, I love you. And we thank you for an opportunity to just walk with you, Lord. Lord. Thank you for your words, that you're going to help everyone here today, including myself, Lord. You're teaching us. You teach me as I speak, Lord. Thank you for speaking to everybody in their own language, where they need help at, because we're all in different places, Lord. And I just give you praise for everything you're going to do today, in Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Um, Well, the first slide says, what should move forward in time with me and what should be let go as if it's dead wood? So what is he talking about? Everybody has a starting point. We, I was born in 1972. Don't do the math. I'm 47. Anyway, I was born in 1972. That was my starting point. Everyone here has a starting point. At least you think you have a starting The scripture says, before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. See, that messes with my mind right there. That means God knew you before you knew you, and he has a specific plan for our lives. See, we were not, you're not an accident. You were created on purpose. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but God has something for each one of us to do at any age, at the age of two, at the age of 52, 73, did I hit any ages here? Anyway, you get the point, right? God has a plan for all of us and God has us on a path and we need to simply learn how to listen and hear from him. God is speaking to us at all times. I just truly believe that. He's speaking to each person but it's up to us whether we will shut up and listen to him and that's why this first slide says what should move forward in time with me and what should be let go as if it's dead wood. See we're in the season to take things that we know are holding us back and to release it. Maybe we have some, everybody think of some issues that you have. It's not a confessional, so don't tell them all. Uh, Think of some issues that we have. Anybody have any pride issues you have to deal with? Let me not look at anybody when I say that. Anybody have any anger issues that we need to deal with? I'm raising my hand. Anybody have any, what's some other issues that that we all need to deal with? Procrastination. That's a big one. When I was in high school, I'm better now. I would, I would have a paper due Monday and wake up 5 a.m. Monday morning and do the paper. I mean, start on it, okay? And would do okay. That's sad. But that was my level of procrastination. I'm, I'm better now. I shouldn't do that. But these are things that all of our lives we have to deal with. Like I said, we all have a starting point, but we have to develop. I say have to. Some of us don't develop. When well, I say don't develop, we're developing but some of us are not trying to make a concerted effort to follow God. And we're just doing whatever. And if you do whatever, what are we gonna get? We're gonna get whatever. And it's awesome that we're in a season that God is appointed so that we can take. It's like God saying, you know what? In this season, I want you to lay things down and I want you to adjust yourself. I want you to stop doing things to help you to walk with me better. So when I say what should move forward in time with me and what should be let go as if it's dead wood, the dead wood are those issues. Think about a fire. Think about a forest. What happens when there's a lot of dead wood? It just accumulates. Accumulates. What should happen, see, some forest fires are good. It's natural because you want to burn off the land and it's good. So that's why some things in our life, we need to learn how to burn it off. But if they just keep accumulating, keep accumulating, keep accumulating, when there's a fire, what happens? Bam. It's ridiculous. It's all out of whack. That's why we have to keep it in check as much as we can. Next slide. Don't allow dead wood to go unchecked. And it's something, this is not something that God is doing for us. This is something that we have to do because God has given us the tools to do it. He loves us so much, he's given us the tools to do that. And the next one is my, one of my favorite slides. There's Smokey. I remember Smokey the Bear. Prevent forest fires, okay? That means get rid of that dead wood. Let's burn it off so we don't have a forest fire because we know it's bad. And forest fires, I like to think of it in our lives, can be maybe a meltdown for you. Maybe Have you ever let things bother you so much you kept getting angry and you just put it off? You didn't say nothing to the other person. You got angry you kept putting it off. You got angry, kept putting it off. And then when you finally say something, what happens? You just lost it on the person. That was the forest fire. That's why sometimes you have to, you have to check yourself consistently. And if we, if we do that, it allows us to, to walk with God better. Because God loves us. But we have to do the checking. Uh, my son, Matthew, uh, I have several sons. I have, I have four children. Um, I have, my daughter is, how old is Jordan? Jordan is 29 Wow, I'm getting old. Old is good, okay? My daughter's 29, my son is 24. No, Jordan is 28, Matthew is 24, and I have twins, 12-year-olds. And the reason I was telling I forgot why I was telling you that. <laughs> um, what was I telling you that for? I think I was telling you about things that go, un- go unchecked. I can't remember why I was telling you that, so we're going to move on. That's my brain, I'm sorry. Can you go to the next slide? All right, a little bit of fire at the right time can help everything not to burn to the ground. We kind of talked about that. It's better if you can decide to burn it off yourself. Now, think about that. Sometimes things happen to us, and we didn't check it, and now it's now broadcast for the world to see. Does that happen to anybody? Because you didn't check it. I'll give you an example to me for me. Um, we were sitting in the living room the other day, and I heard this loud crash. Bam! It was in the garage. I said, what just happened? I went downstairs, and my ladder had fell off on the ground. It was hanging on the wall, so it just fell off, because there was a bracket. But guess whose fault that was? It was my fault. I saw that for about two weeks. I looked at the bracket. It was kind of flimsy up there. I was like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it tomorrow, but guess what? I got to it when it fell down, right? because I had no choice. Whose fault was that? Was that God's fault? No. That was my foolishness because it was my negligence because I didn't get to it. It could have been worse because that ladder could have fell down, it could have hit the car, dented up my car or something, and it would have been completely my fault. That's why we have to do our due diligence to check ourselves before life happens and you get checked. And that happens to people. Sometimes people get checked and end up in prison because they haven't dealt with anger And then when they get to this anger, anger here, anger here, and guess what? Now the police are coming in, and now it's a domestic violence situation. Am I telling the truth? Happens all the time. And God loves us so much, he's walking with us, but we have to check ourselves. Sometimes we try to put so much on God that we say, oh, I'm just going to walk with the Lord. But you have to think about yourself. God wants us to be diligent. To me, it's almost a spiritual cop-out to not check yourself. It's a spiritual cop-out. We want, oh, I'm just going to rest in the Lord. But you know you've been cussing out people for the past two weeks and you keep cussing out people and you don't want to check yourself. It's a hard message, but it's not. It's a good message because we all need to be able to do this for ourselves. Next slide. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful, above all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? See, when we begin to understand ourselves, we just need to know we're messed up people. I'm just saying, we're all. All of us, our hearts are sick. And it's not a, it's just, that's just who, how God has created us. He's created us so that we would be dependent on him. And see, when we understand that and begin to learn that, we'll say, you know what? I know I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I know I need fixing, I know I need help, and if you continually have that, and this actually helps you to relate to other people, because if you have some friends who you know is a work of art, and you want to punch them in the stomach a few times, just know they need help too, right? So just sometimes we need to give people space, and sometimes if you're a real friend, you'll give people space to mess up, right? Maybe they, just, maybe they are your friend because sometimes we, we don't give people the space and when they mess up, we just cut them off like, I'm not dealing with you no more ever again. You're done. Well, I'm glad God didn't do that to me because guess what? I'd have been done like at seven. Now, <laughs> this week I would have been done. Y'all too, right? That's just the way it is. So God loves us so much. He's so patient with us that we just have to listen to him. I I hate to say have to, we get the opportunity to listen to him. And as we walk with him, he's going to change our lives. I still believe that the Messiah will change any situation, whether you're on drugs, whether you are um, an alcoholic, whether you are just have crazy anger issues. See, salvation is more than just a ticket to heaven. Salvation is saving you from all those issues that we have. And every one of us has issues. The scripture here tells us exactly. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? So that means don't even question it. That's just the way it is. John sixteen thirty three: I have said these things that, to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, and this is the, I underlined it and italicized it for a reason, because I think it's important. You will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. It just says, if you'll have tribulation, it says you will have tribulation. So don't think because you come to congregation, you go to church, that everything's going to be all good and perfect all the time. That's a lie, okay? I'm tired of hearing people say that lie. It's just, it's a lie. It's just not the way it is. Life happens to us. Think, and don't be so surprised. So when your, 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 your tire goes flat, when you're riding to work, don't go, I can't believe that happened, I'm a believer, I should, bad things stop. Okay, Bad things happen to all of us if we think they're bad, but we need to learn from them. Just understand, life is full of this. Think of this. No one chooses where they were born. Does anybody choose where they're born? No. I, what was the phrase? I remembered it. Where were you, where were you born? No, where did you, where did you come into existence as a consequence of your birth? Where did you come into existence as a consequence of your birth? See, so you came into existence in wherever you came into. I came into existence in Brooklyn, New York. Y'all came into existence somewhere, right? Somebody came into existence in North Korea. Somebody came into existence. We all come into existence different places. We don't choose that, right? Is that bad? or It's just the way it is. But when you get that situation, you've been dealt that hand. That's the cards you've been dealt. And now you've got to deal with it, whatever it is. Maybe you're in a situation, and I hear these situations all the time. I think i got a scenario um, up here. And your mom is, I don't know, maybe mother's on drugs, dad's not there, family's just all over the place. And as a child, children see things. Don't think because somebody's 10 or 3 or 7 that they're not a thinking person. Sometimes we dismiss them like they don't know they're a child. No, they're thinking. Just think back when you were a child. You were thinking about a lot of things looking around. You're just looking at your surroundings. You're learning about people. And God is speaking to you the entire time. He's calling us out of darkness. The scripture says he's calling all of us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We just have to do enough to listen to him. Amen? When you honestly start evaluating yourself, you may discover that you are mostly dead wood. Sometimes that might hurt. You may say, you know what? I am prideful. I do have anger issues. And if you're honest with yourself, that's when God can change you. Because, but if you keep justifying it, I don't have anger issues. That's just the I am. Well, you're going to keep dealing with this for the next 10 years. But you got to say, you know what? I do have anger issues. God, please help me. That's when God can come in and move in your life. If not, you'll just keep justifying it and being the same. And we'll have the same conversation 10 years from now. I have a cousin. He's, how's Amp? Amp is about 53. He started drinking when he was about 14. He's been drink. He was, he was, he is truly an alcoholic. Okay. Truly. He was drunk at work. He was drunk all the time. When he was like 52 or 53, he finally figured out, you know what? I can't do this no more. I'm killing myself. And people figure things out, but sometimes it takes a while. But he figured it out finally, and he started going to the AA meetings, and he started to learn, but now he's alcohol-free. And he tells anybody at any time, just send him down. He's going to talk to you like five hours, and that's okay because he's, he's passionate about it. He said, you know what? If you keep drinking like that, it's going to kill you because he's dealt with it. See, God has put him in that position. I say God. He probably put himself in that position. But God has been speaking to him to get out of that situation. And God is speaking to all of us to get out of so many different situations all over the place. Imagine managing that. I'm a high school teacher, and I get to manage a lot of attitudes throughout my classroom. I have, like, uh, two weeks ago... Uh, We had, anyway, we had some counseling issues, and I had like 43 students in my class. That doesn't happen all the time. But I had 43 different mindsets. Think of all those different backgrounds. That's what I think about when they come in there. Everybody has so many different places they're coming from, and I got to figure out how to, I'm trying to help this person over here. I'm trying to get to this person. God does that with us. Think of God's classroom. I don't want to think of God's classroom. I can't, because that's why he's God. I'm not. God has a huge classroom. He knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. That's, but that's why my mission and our mission is to lead people to the Messiah. We need to tell people that they have a divine appointment with the king. The king is going to change their life. And when we get out of things, that's what God makes us. It's like he puts passion in us through things that we've dealt with. Like I was talking about my cousin. He was an al- he was an alcoholic. He'll tell you that right now. But he's so passionate about that. God has put passion on the inside of each one of you. Because some of you, whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but God has put something on the inside of you to tell the world. And it's something that you dealt with. Maybe it was alcohol. Maybe some of y'all dealt with alcoholism. I don't know. Maybe it was domestic violence. Maybe it was, who knows what it is. But God is dealing with each one of us to take that passion and tell people that God can change their life. See, that's how we tell people about our Messiah. Next says, when it's all burned up, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're good. It says, when it's, where is it? Oh, when it's all burned up, there may only be a twig standing. Okay, next slide, I'm sorry. This is still not pulled up. This might be you. When I say this might be you, because after we figured out that's our pride, we took off. That's our anger we took off. Maybe you're just a twig standing, and that's it. But that's a good place to be. If you've ever been trying to get out of debt, and you get to a place of being zero, that's a great place to be, isn't it? I'm just here. I'm just, I, I owe nobody nothing. I, I might not have a dime in my pocket, but I'm at, I'm, at, I'm at ground level zero. And see, that's where God wants to take us. He wants to take our lives and get this out, dig that out, move that out of here. Move this out of here. And when you get down to ground level zero, then you just start listening to him. He could, somebody gave me a phrase. A student gave me a phrase. Because actually I've been talking about this all week with my students. I do that all the time. They don't know I'm, they're helping me with my message. I just put a phrase up and I let them think about what are some things that they can change in their life. And I do that and we've been talking about it all week. And one student, he said, um, he said well, you got to, rep- instead of trying to get rid of it, you need to replace it with something. See, so if you're trying to get rid of a bad habit, sometimes you can't just get rid of a bad habit. You need to replace it with something better. Does that make sense? Because it's just hard to just stop doing A. Like some people, I've never smoked, I've never had to deal with that issue. But sometimes if you have an issue of smoking, maybe they switch from smoking to chewing gum. So they so chewing gum is better than smoking, right? So maybe they got another habit. Anyway, my cousin, he'd done that. Um, he switched from alcohol. Now he drinks all these monster drinks and caffeine everything, but it's better than the alcohol, right? So he just switched, and sometimes to get rid of those bad habits, we just need to switch, but, but my issue, my, my message is we have to do something to do it. We can't sit back and wait on God. Oh, God's just going to fix me. That's a lie. That is a lie, and if you don't If you don't have a concerted effort to change yourself, it's just not going to happen. Philippians 3.13 says, Brethren, I count not myself. I love this. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I count not myself to... Just focus on that phrase. The Apostle Paul, who we know, you, you read some of his writings, you're like, this guy is a lawyer. You've got to read it like ten times to understand. It. He says, I count not myself to have apprehended nothing. But think about this. Sometimes the more you study and learn, the more you think you know, the more you really don't know. Because sometimes I'm not like, wow, I thought I understood this. i I got to start over. But that's good. I think we just need to learn how to humble ourselves and listen to God. As we humble ourselves, again, God is just changing us. And this scripture is saying we need to always press. It says, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward, reaching forth into those things which are before. Think of it as if it's something you want to change about your life. Maybe you want to go back to school, but you don't have the means to do it. You need to do something like, I like to call it the lean. Here's the lean. You're leaning towards that thing. Maybe you want to go back to school, so maybe you're just going to start reading about this situation. Maybe I need to get around people who are doing this same thing. Maybe I need to find a book that's discussing this thing I want to do. Like, I get to talk to athletes all the time, and athletes want to to better themselves, obviously. So something that they need to do, if they want to better themselves, they need to maybe go and just... Be around somebody who's doing the same thing they're doing. And when you do that, it kind of builds faith in you and it allows you to push forward. See, God's not gonna do this for you. That's my that's one thing I want to get across. We gotta push ourselves as much as we can. Okay. So to lead a meaningful life, that's not optional. That combats the pain. You say what pain? Well, remember I said earlier, the scripture says in this world you will have tribulation, right? Don't, think, don't get surprised when life happens to you. But when we live a meaningful life, it combats that. Which means, and it's not that everything, you're always going to be happy. That's not it. When you have meaning in your life, the happiness, hopefully it comes. But it might not come. I'm just being real. Because if you have a meaningful life, for example, I'm we're working on working out. Me and Daphne, we, we get to, I'm so grateful. This is the first year since December. We go to the gym. We try to go like three, four times a week. We've been pretty consistent. We're doing bike and all this other stuff. But that that takes that, that was our passion to go towards that. And we have to take a meaningful step towards that. Do you think it's always, we're always excited and happy about getting on that bike at 5 a.m.? No, okay. Sometimes I think, is this gonna ever get easy? I feel like I'm being tortured on Wednesday morning. We we're in a bike class called Sprint, and I I literally feel like I'm being tortured. Like ah, you know, is it ever gonna get easy? Probably not. I'm just gonna be tortured every Wednesday, okay? I'm just gonna head. I'm just gonna head and accept it. But that's life. Sometimes we gotta do things that we don't wanna do, but we know it's better for us. That's the way it is. I talk. In school, I, sometimes you know what—you're not going to always just love mathematics. But guess what? You, in this class, you got to make yourself do it. Sometimes you're not always going to read the scripture. Does everybody always get up in the morning and you just love reading the scripture? Okay, anyway, nobody—nobody nobody lied. Okay, I'm just joking. All right, but guess what? It happens. Sometimes we get up like I don't feel—I'm like, not feeling this today. That's all right. But sometimes you got to make yourself do it. We're not always going to feel like just lean towards it. The next is, some psychologists suggest that, oh, I'm sorry, go back, my fat I know. <laughs> Keep the hand down. <laughs> That's my fault. Some, suggest, some psychologists suggest that you are all right the way you are, and you should just accept who you are. I think this is a bunch of junk. Okay? And But psychologists are, and if you listen, I listen to a lot of psychologists, because I want to learn from them, and they're divided on this. Some will say, you're all right the way you are. You know, don't worry about this. Or I just think that's a bunch of rubbish. I like that word, rubbish. I think it's a bunch of junk. Because all of us need to push ourselves to be better. Next slide. It takes constant pressure to change you. We are a lot of work. Does anybody think they're a lot of work? I think I'm a lot of work, okay? And if you ask Daphne, she's going to say, yes, he is definitely a lot of work. But guess what? You're a lot of work, too. All of us are a lot of work. That's why I say sometimes we need to have, have a lot of patience as much as we can with some friends because sometimes we know they're a lot of work, and we need to just be patient because we all need help. You know in your heart that you are not all right the way you are, back to the psychologist, and others are not all right either. We know that. You ask any five-year-old, you think a five-year-old think he's cool the way he is? No. Okay, he just does it because a five-year-old needs a lot of help. And you say, no, what are you doing? Stop. Don't touch that. Look, we need that. We need somebody to do that to us. Like a 47-year-old. Terry, what you doing? Stop. You know you need, you're need. being jealous. You're in your pride. Get out of your feelings. That's what God is doing for us. He's talking to us all the time. We'll just listen. Some of us are not listening we don't because we don't want to hear it. It's like some of us don't want to know the truth. Like, no, nah, I'm good. Am I? Yeah, some of us really don't want to know the truth because the truth is going to challenge us to change and we're here to change we're not here to just come, in. this is not a social club I, if it was a social club I can. this is not a social club we are here to change, we're here to better ourselves, that's the whole point you want somebody to challenge you, to push you, um, great example I told y'all Matthew was in um, karate a long time ago and oh, here's another better example, um, drill sergeants in boot camp you think the drill sergeants there they just love on you No, they're here to to tell you some words. You better get your blankety-blank-blank up. And they tell you those, okay, we probably shouldn't do that, okay? But guess what? The point taken is they're they're getting in your face and say, this is how you're going to change. And they take those group of guys who came in there like looking like they got some issues. I was one of them. And they change you. They move you to the better. And that's what God does for us. That's why we have a divine appointment with the king we need, but we have to humble ourselves and hear from him. If not, we're going to stay the same. You don't want your children to stay three all of their lives, right? You want them to grow up. And if you do want them to stay three, then that's a whole other issue that we should talk about later. <laughs> I want them to grow up. I say that frequently. But I'm really saying it to myself, too. Sometimes, and this is something that some people get into, we get into the issue that, you know what, I dealt with this as a kid, so I can't help somebody else, because I'm just as bad as they were. Well, you know what, if I had that disposition, I wouldn't help nobody with nothing. I wouldn't even talk to kids no more, like, I don't even know what to say to you, because I dealt with that too. No, I, I think if you're honest with people, and say, you know what, I dealt with that, and this is how I'm on the other side. That's what people want to hear. People don't want to hear your pity. Nobody wants your pity. Nobody wants you to go, oh, look at you with you. Oh, it's okay. It's okay if you don't look me in the eye when you talk to me. It's okay if you have an attitude when you come here. No. I need for you to get up and not talk to me that way. Thank you very much. I need you to look me in the eye. Let's try it again. Let's try it five more times. See, that's what we need. We don't need the pity. We need, and that's what God does for us if we allow him. But some of us, we don't allow him because we want to justify our junk. Okay, I'll leave that alone in a minute. All right. You want them to grow up. Oh, I'm sorry. You want them to grow up and you are no different. Next slide. I'm sorry. So don't tell people they are okay the way they are. Tell them to get themselves together. Please. Because guess what? If you don't tell them, life will tell them. Right? Because sometimes if we don't teach our children certain things, life will teach them. And sometimes life is going to be even harder. Life is going to be rough and in the face. So it's better for us to learn in in a controlled environment as much as we can. We keep learning. We keep learning from the Lord. And as he teaches us, we, we just walk it out. At least that's the plan. The last thing they want to hear is that they are okay the way they are, Tell them to get their act together. Okay, next slide. Let's tell them they have an appointment with someone that can change their lives. See, that's what the divine appointment with the king is. See, when we're dealing with people, we get to talk to people, tell them they need to see the king. See, sometimes people want to make you their Messiah. Let me say that again. Sometimes people want to make you their Messiah. You're not the Messiah. He's God. He's God. We need to take our lives and give it to him. And don't allow people to make you their God. What do I mean by that? Because sometimes people will be so dependent on you that they're like, if he messes up, then it's all over for me. Dude, don't look at me. I only can just point you to God. Because I'm a man. Because all of us have limitations. And if you don't think that, then I don't know what to tell you. Okay, I do know what to tell you. At least I try. But all of us have limitations. Don't allow somebody to put so much trust in you. It's good to have friends. It's good to have, because I've been married, we've been married for, I'm probably going to mess it up, 28 years. Or 29. is not here to give me the eye, so it's 28 or 29. But guess what? I tell her, I know her better than anybody on this planet, and I probably do. But I am not her God. And the same with her. She is her own person. See, that gets into a whole nother area of being whole. See, God wants us all to be whole in him. See, we got to work on our vertical relationship. If our vertical relationship is good, then it's going to spread out to all of our horizontal relationships. That's why we got to first work on that and continue to work on that and go back to it and then go back to it again and then go back to it again. And guess how long we're going to do this for the rest of our lives? That's why we always have this divine appointment with the king. We're going to continue to have this. Tell them to selfishly get their lives together first. And I say that when I say selfishly, because sometimes we try to help people. We can't even help ourselves. Sometimes you've got to sit down and say, I've got to work on me first before I can try to work on the world. Because you need to be whole. That's why if whenever you come to a congregation or a church, I don't think it's a good idea to come in and just start serving. I think it's a good idea to come in and just listen and sit and observe and learn. And then when the time is right, and then jump in and start serving. Because sometimes we try to just get in there and start doing all that. No, you just need to sit down and just relax, enjoy yourself. And then when the time is right, then do it. And don't just serve because there's a need. Somebody told me that years ago, and I thought that was good. I went to go help in certain situations. They're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll help you if y'all need me. He's like, Terry, don't do it because you need need to serve in this area because you believe that God has called you to be here. I was like, wow, great, makes sense. Because if you just go and serve someplace because somebody kind of twisted your arm and you really don't want to be there, are you really there? No, because you know what? You'll probably be there for like a week, and then you're going to be gone. You just came because somebody talked you into it. That's why you need to learn. How, we got to learn how to hear from God. And we learn how to hear from God. He'll tell you what you need to serve. When I came here, I started serving in with the camera ministry. I never did that before in my life. In every church I've ever been in, I've always been an usher. Always. I was the head usher at Clark, Clarksville Family Bible Church. I don't know I talk like that. But anyway, that was in Clarksville, Tennessee, because everybody talks like that in Clarksville, Tennessee, okay? I just, it just comes out. But I was a head usher there. So I came here, and I figured that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an usher. But God didn't lead me in that direction. I came here, and I sat down, and I just listened, and I learned. And then the video ministry came up in my heart. I said, okay, well, let's let's go in this direction. And I believe this is how we learn how to walk with him, and we need to listen to him. And if we listen to him, we're going to have success in every area. All right, next slide. The goal of all the divine appointments is salvation. They are all about our Messiah. Every one of them. Think about it. Passover. What was Passover? He died at Passover. He was crucified at Passover. What's the next feast? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. He was in the ground at Unleavened Bread. The Feast of First Fruits. What happened at First Fruits? He rose from the dead on Feast of First Fruits. What's the next feast? Shavuot. The congregation was born. We're now kind of in between. I like to think of it that way. We're in between Shavuot, and what's the next one that's coming up? Rosh Hashanah. What's Rosh Hashanah? This is the Feast of Blowing. What's the Feast of Blowing? We're going to talk about that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Not going to get ahead of myself. But all the feasts, when you begin to put it together, they're all about the Messiah. They're all about the Messiah. They're simply prophetic dress rehearsals. That's all they are. They're dress rehearsals for something that's going to come. And he fulfilled all the spring feasts already, didn't he? He's going to fulfill the fall feast. I believe. The next fall feast to come up is the Feast of Blowing. Think about what happens at blowing. What's a blowing? What do you think of when you think of something when you're blowing the shofar? A hundred blasts. I think of rapture. I don't know about anybody else. I think of rapture practice. So I believe, and I know some don't believe it, I believe that the rapture is going to occur on some year at Rosh Hashanah. Because that's, the next, that's my belief. I know some of y'all want to fight me right now, okay? I won't, don't fight me. Just, but that's just what I believe. Because I, believe that's, I just believe that. Because he fulfilled all the spring feasts. Why would he fulfill all the fall feasts in the same order? Unless he's going to switch or something. Anyway, but I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, next slide. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us ward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want to focus on that because that's what it's all about. God is, is consistently trying to take us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Some of us focus on so much. We focus on a lot of the things that are just not important. I want people to be saved. I want people to walk with him. Because guess what? Eternity is forever. Right? And what if you focus so much on an issue, but you forget about telling somebody about the Messiah, that he'll save your life. You're so focused on the fact that Yeshua wasn't born on Christmas. Now, trust me, I get all that. But don't focus so much on that. The big picture is salvation. I want people saved. Period. Period. And I think I told y'all about this. I know I told y'all, I think, but some of y'all may not. I go to a homeless ministry every month, and I absolutely love it. And we go out to this area. I say we. I go out with Community Bible Church, and we provide the church. I just get to be with them. And normally they allow me to speak. I didn't ask to speak. I literally came to just hang out. But they say, you're teaching. I say, okay, thanks. No problem. But all we do, we just love on them. And do you, at this homeless ministry, I never mention Yeshua. I talk about Jesus. Why do I not mention Yeshua? Because they're not going to know what I'm talking about. There may come a time that they may know what I'm talking about, but I'm not there pushing Yeshua because they don't care. A lot of them, they just, they just want, they just, they just need the Lord. And when people are at that place, I just don't think it's, We don't need to push our agenda because sometimes we get so focused on pushing our agenda. God's agenda is simply salvation. The other stuff will come because God will teach us. You know, I want people to come to the congregation. This should be a building for sick people. People come in like limping. Like, dude, you got to leave your weed outside. All right, come on now. No weed in here. Thanks, man. You know, but I think it should be that way because God wants people to come in any way you are. And we should make people feel comfortable when they come in. You know, love on them. Even they're smelling. You know, give them a big old hug. Like, woo. Next time, man, we got to do something about that. You know, but you're just loving on them. But you're not being condemning in a way that you know what you got to leave. That's wrong. That's just not God's heart. I believe God's heart is to love on each one of us. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt. I should have made this slide bigger. With fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And we're going to talk about this later and absolutely next week. But the day of the Lord, I believe, represents a time of great judgment. And the scripture is so clear on this all over the place. And the day of the Lord is simply the last, I believe, the last seven years on this earth that's going to be tribulation. It's going to be a time, read the book of Revelations. If it doesn't bother you, you need to read it again. Because it's going to be a time of great tribulation. It's going to be things that we haven't heard of. Things that we've never seen. And even, and I like to focus on that, but don't get so focused on it. Because everybody, if we don't make it, if we're not alive when this happens, everybody's going to die. Right? Right? So the main thing is, I want people to pull them out of darkness into his light before they leave this earth. Whether it's in a tribulation, whether it's because they're dying. The whole point is, I want people saved. Next slide. Um, This right here is just kind of an overview of the names of Rosh Hashanah. Think of salvation when you hear these names. The day of blowing. I want to tell the whole world. Time of Jacob's trouble. The day of the Lord time of tribulation he's saying hey look something bad's coming I'm trying to let you know and there's Dan okay I should bother you Dan sorry all right the day of the awakening blast the not Saul what is he trying to wake us from see see when you're born again Christianity and being messianic is not about having people do good things it's about pulling people from being dead to life that's what it's all about. So when it says the not saw, the awakening blast, he's trying to awake us up out of our deadness. There's people around us all day that are dead. And you know they're dead. They don't hear, they're not listening to God at all. They're completely dead. And we need to be able to speak life to them. Tell them, hey dude, there's a, we, you have a divine appointment with the king. Come on in. You know, at my school I have, um, hopefully he comes today, a teacher, he said he, say he might come today, but... We get sometimes I am more Jewish than some Jews that I know because and I say that because a lot of the Jews I know, some of them, they don't celebrate the feast. They just Jewish by name, you know, and I love them. And when I talk to them, they're like, wow, you okay?" They almost look at me weird like, why are you talking about the feast, you know, but really, if you read the scripture, they're not Jewish feasts. They're feasts of the Lord. Amen. That's the Scripture says. They're feasts of the Lord. So they're, they're our feasts. I love learning Jewishness. Trust me. Don't get me wrong. I love that. But these are, feasts, these are our feasts. And the Scripture says that we are in the last days to make them jealous. How do you make somebody jealous? By doing something they probably should have been doing. Yeah, that's right. So when we're talking about the feast to our Jewish friends, we're making them jealous. That's why Gentiles, those who are non-Jews, we have a, a huge job. Don't think you, is it, it's better to be Jewish, it's better not to be Jewish. It, it doesn't matter. You are who you are. So if you're a Gentile and you're speaking to a Jew, you have a mission to make them jealous. Because you love Shabbat. You love the feast. You love all of that. And I love it. I do. It's like, I'm like a kid in a candy store and I come in here like, man, what? Say that again, Rabbi. I ain't never heard that before in my life. You know, and we need to always stay that way. And if we're not that way, we need to pray about it. Lord, help me because I'm feeling kind of bored here. I need to go to sleep. Okay. God wants us to be that transparent with him. And then he'll help us. But if we're not that transparent, we're going to stay in that issue until we're transparent with him. Because he can't help us because you've got to open up and ask him for help. I'm going to keep reading. Uh, the next one is Yom, Yom Hadin, the Day of Judgment. We're going to talk about that next week. The opening of the books and the opening of the gates. I love that one because it's like the opening of your life. See, God wants you to open up your life and share it with him so that he can change you. And I'm not, you shouldn't open up your life to everybody. I'm just going to be very blatant on that. Do not open up your life to everybody because some people will mess you up. Am I telling the truth? Some people will take what you said and just throw it back at you, and you didn't even mean, that's why you gotta be, you really gotta be careful about your people you call friends. And I talk to teenagers about this all the time because sometimes teenagers, we just think everybody's our friend, stop. Everybody is not your friend. And social media I think has done a job for all of us who are on social media because some of us, I got 5,000 friends, you don't know any of those people. You might know one on there they just people you clicked on and said, okay, I've done that too. I'm not going to say I didn't. But the point is, to be a real friend, that's something that takes time. That takes a work. That's why you don't share all your business with people like that. Because sometimes people, are met, and sometimes people are not in your life for a reason. Sometimes some of you here may have grown up without a father. Maybe you've grown up without a mother. Maybe either one of those. But maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe your dad had a lot of issues and you don't need to be near them. I see that all the time. I see some kids are so numb, they don't even understand the concept of a father. Matter of fact, most of the kids in my class, in most, a lot of my class, a lot of them don't have dads. They just don't. And a lot of them go, oh, that's bad. Well, I get that, but maybe it was good. Maybe their dad was on drugs and crazy and they need to not be near that person. Just because you, I think you were just sperm donor. Because dad is a very special name to me. Dad means you're a nurturer. You're there to help those children, to develop them, to push them, to love on them, to smack them in the back of the head when they're doing wrong, and to give them a hug when they're doing things they need to do. That's our job as dads, as fathers. That's very precious to me. All right, let's get back to this. Yom Hakase is the hidden day. See, it's a hidden day, but it's not hidden from us. It's hidden for us. There's a difference. God's hiding things for us. It's like a treasure. It's like, it's like, think of it this way. If God put this million-dollar treasure box in the woods for us, and we need to go find it. He didn't hide it from us. He hid it so that at one moment in time, we could go find it. See, that's what this day is for, for me. And we're going to talk more about this next week. Uh, the the HaKedoshim, the wedding of the Messiah. That's going to be Rosh Hashanah. The other name is, is Ha Hamelech, the coronation of the Messiah. Amen. And we'll get deep into those next week. So, All right, next slide. And we have the train. And this is something I wanted to focus on. And I won't touch this too much because I know this is a fight waiting to happen. But these are just different perspectives of the end of days. Some people, I believe there's going to be a rapture. Some people don't. Uh, some people believe the rapture is going to be pre trib some are mid-trib, from a post-trib. I bet if we did a survey, we'd be all over the place. Okay, don't fight nobody. Um, rabbi is absolutely pan-trib. You know what? The more I study, I'm pan-trib too. I love it. Pan-trib means, however it pans out, you know, I'm just going. I want to be there because I want to keep serving the Lord. Period. Because as long as you're serving the Lord, does it matter? It don't even matter. I'm just serving the Lord. Some of us just need to start serving the Lord. Because if we're not serving the Lord, we don't even need to worry about this. It's like we're focusing on something that we just don't even need to waste our time with. Just focus on, like, there was a, um, a motivational video I, I love to show. It says, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. Somebody just need to make up my bed in the morning. We want to change the world, just make up your bed. Okay, who did not make up the maid this morning? Okay, who did not? Come on, don't lie. All right. Y'all like, I don't want to say. But we need to start that simple. And as we're that simple, God's going to develop us. And I think I told y'all this a while back, but one thing that was a big deal to me, I started, it's like confessional, I started flossing my teeth, okay? It's simple, but it's a big deal. I am very consistent with that now. I'm ready to go to dinner and I'm like, okay, let's check me out. Come on, let's go. But I'm, I'm proud of that because I work at that. And see, God wants us to do that with little things. It's those little things that matter. You keep doing those little things. Maybe your little thing is just, I need to read my Bible one minute a day. Literally, one scripture. Maybe two scriptures next week. Maybe three. Because, again, we need to just focus on those small things. All right, next. Abraham's call. I love this in four minutes. Go into the unknown because you already know what you know. Get away from your family so you can establish your independence. See, Abraham's call is all of our call at one point in time. See, God, we we came into existence as a consequence of our being, our birth, someplace in the world. We talked about that earlier, right? You don't choose where you're born. See, once you're in that place, you, you begin to learn how to develop and walk with the Lord. And then God's going to move you to some place and teach you to do things that you didn't know you were supposed to do. I like to tell people this as well. You're stronger than you know. Some of us don't know how strong we are. Because we haven't pushed ourselves to make ourselves know that. And that's why we've got to do this push constant. And this is what Abraham did. Think about, think about Abraham. God told him to get up, move your family, go to a place that I will show you. He didn't even tell him where he was going. He said, you're going to a place that I'm going to show you. How many of y'all going to do that today? He said, you know what? You're going to move, and I ain't going to tell you where you're moving. You're just going to go. How many of y'all going to do that right now? Come on. If the Lord told you that. But if Terry told you that, no. Okay, don't, don't do that. Okay? And you know, I, this is kind of analogous to the military. If you are special forces, some of those guys, they can't even say to their family where they're going. They'll tell them they have orders to go to this certain place, and all the only they can tell, them, tell their family is, I'm leaving, and I'll be gone a certain amount of time. I'll contact you when I can. But guess what? It's for the greater need of the military. Catch that. Abraham's call was for the greater need of God. So when God calls you out of your comfort zone, he's calling you for the greater need of him. So don't think it's about you. Sometimes we think it's about us. Like, you know what? It's just, it's just me and my own world, us four and no more. Stop. We can be so selfish with that. God wants to do so much in our lives. That's why just because you're 2, because you're 52, because you're 82, don't think it's over. God has a great calling on each person in here. God wants us to do so much. We just have to do our due diligence to listen. That's why I, want, I love the Abraham call. We need to sometimes do things that we're not used to doing. Like push yourself. Like, example, I am going back to school. I'm going to Georgia State right now as we speak. Well, not while I'm standing here. But I'm in class, okay? I'm going back to school. Thank you very much. Because I want to push myself. I want to push myself to learn. I love I, I love it now because I'm so used to being on the other side, you know, saying, sit down. What are you doing? Three X minus four. Stop that. But I get to now sit and listen, and I get to learn. And, it's, and what it's doing is just pushing me to think in a different way. What is God pushing you to do differently? Think about that. Because if not, certain messages will just go by and we'll get nothing out of it. Does that make sense? we'll listen, we'll hear it, but God is telling us to do certain things and we have to do our due diligence to listen. And it's completely up to us because I often think about when I was at um, years ago uh, at uh, Clarksville Family Bible Church. I didn't say a country that time. All right, at Clarksville Family Bible Church and, um, and I was under a youth pastor there and something he told me it just stuck. He said, you know what? When you're teaching people it's really not just your responsibility on the teaching. It's their responsibility on the listening. See, when you listen to somebody teach, you got to pull just as much their responsibility as them teaching. See, it's like you're pulling and listening. You're trying to hear intently. You're trying to figure it out. And if you passionately do that, God's going to take us to another place. But if we come in, You know, and we want to listen to whoever's teaching, and you're like passively listening. You know, you're here and not here. You know, because sometimes y'all can be here and not here. You know what I'm talking about, right? Your body's here like, yeah, I'm here, yeah, whatever, I'm ready to eat. Well, you're not going to get much out of this. You have to do your due diligence to pull, and then take it and just research it, and study it, and break it apart. And then God's going to just change our world. So I think this is a great place to end. And next week, we're going to come back and we're going to get really in-depth, at least this is my mission, is to get really in-depth with the, the, um, the feasts and talk about how we have a divine appointment with the king and kind of connect them all together. So, let's pray. Father, I love you, and we just thank you for allowing us to be in your presence, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for speaking to each individual that's in their congregation's heart here today Lord I thank you for those who are online everywhere Lord that are listening Lord even those who are going to hear the recording later thank you for speaking to their heart Lord and I thank you that you're showing them how to respond to you Lord it's nothing from me it's completely from you and I give you praise for everything you're going to do in Yeshua's name amen